Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right. How's everyone doing? Good? Happy Mother's Day. This is an awesome day. I'm super excited. If you are a guest, uh, my name is Adam, and I'm one of the pastors here at IC Maidan, and I'm so excited to be a part of such an awesome team. Man, our team has been working hard all week to put this day together, especially for you moms. People have been packed. They've ordered the gifts. They've packaged them. They've organized how they're going to get them to you. They've handed them out. On top of that, the band, wasn't the band awesome? Didn't they do a good job? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. The band was good. The media team, so many people have had uh, a lot of work going on to make this special for you. So I just think we should give it up for all of the Dream Team, yeah? They are awesome, man. We're so excited and so proud of them. Um, So today is Mother's Day, and I was thinking about my mom this week. In fact, I called my mom. Have you guys called your mom? Everyone called your mom? If you haven't called her, make sure you call her. Um, I see Pastor Chris over there sweating. I don't think he's called his mom yet. (laughs) Actually, we're okay because our moms were ahead of time, right? So we get an extra day because they're in the States. Um, But anyways, make sure you call your mom. I even went a step further and called my grandma this morning. So that was, that's like extra brownie points, right? When I get back to the States, she knows who her favorite, her favorite grandson is. So um, I made sure to do that. Um, but they're doing good. And I was thinking about my mom this week, and I was just thinking about how, you know, moms do crazy things, right? My mom used to do some crazy things, and she would embarrass me all the time. And her favorite way of embarrassing me was by dancing, um, like a just, just dancing. I think, I think it was just how she danced, but I, she can't really dance that great. Um, so she would do it. We didn't even have to be around people. We'd be in the house and a song would come on, kind of like the one we just played. And, you know, I just, I was sitting there, I was thinking to my mom, if my mom was here, oh my goodness, she would start dancing and it would be terrible. But she would do it just to embarrass me. We didn't even have to be around other people. She'd just start dancing and I would feel embarrassed. I hated it, you know. Uh, but that's why she did it, because she knew that I didn't like it. So she just liked to tease me like that. Um, but she's awesome and I love my mom. Um, so I am so thankful for her, and I'm going to talk about her a little bit uh, later in the message, but um, today, if you are a guest with us, we are in the middle of a series called Different, and this series is from the book of First Peter, um, so what we're doing is we're just going through the book of First Peter together, week by week, uh, chapter by chapter, and today we're talking about First Peter chapter 4. And this series is all about being different. And if you haven't been here, um, I want to share just a little bit of background with you because, you know, it's actually important. One tip when you're reading the Bible, it's important to know, uh, for one, who wrote it. That makes a difference, who wrote the book uh, or whatever it is that you're reading. And who did they write it to? And what was the... Uh, what was the context of the writing? So like what was going on during that time that he was writing this letter? Uh, Because if you understand that, 
then you can understand better what it is he's talking about. So I just want to give you a brief background behind this letter. Um, the author, of course, is Peter. He wrote this letter um, during the reign of a man named Nero. And Nero was pretty uh, well known for persecuting Christians. And he is writing to actually Christians who have been scattered and they're living in uh, foreign places because of this persecution, because of they're going through this um, suffering. And really, that is the context behind this entire letter. He's writing to Christians who are going through a very difficult time in their life. And so as we go through the message today, that's what we should keep in mind. Who is he writing to? And he writes to them about three things, three general things. Um, he writes to them about having hope during this difficult time, this difficult situation. He writes to them about living holy. Um, these are things that we've been talking about. And then he writes to them about being different and not of this world, being not, as Christians, not being like the rest of the world, not acting like the rest of the world around us, but acting differently, and particularly when it comes to suffering. Again, that's what we're talking about. That's the whole uh, context behind this is how do we act when we're suffering. But one of the first things Peter does in this chapter, chapter 4, he doesn't just tell us how to act as Christians, but he says, he talks about how we should think. He, he teaches about how Christians don't just act different, but we even think different. Um, that's what he begins to talk about in this chapter. A good example from that really quick is from the book of 1 Thessalonians, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. In other words, what he's saying is, listen, because he goes on to tell them, when, when we as Christians die, we don't believe that that's the end of it for us, right? We have hope even after death, and so as Christians, if we believe that way, if we think that way, then we don't have to grieve like the rest of the world. We don't have to grieve as if there's no hope after death, right? We can grieve even with hope in our hearts. So because we think differently, just like those Christians, we act differently. Um, a, a good example of this, Peter begins to talk about it in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. I'll just go ahead and start reading. He says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for hu evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. There's something interesting, I, I think, that I want to point out that he says there in the beginning. He tells us we should arm ourselves with the same attitude that Jesus had. About what? 
The same attitude that Jesus had about suffering. I love the way that the message puts it. It says, since Jesus went through everything you are going through and more, learn to think like him. Learn to think like Jesus when it comes to suffering or going through a difficult circumstance or a difficult situation. So how does Jesus think about suffering? What, is his, what was his attitude toward suffering? I think after, uh, if you really look at the life of Jesus and if you read this chapter in particular, you'll see that Jesus' attitude towards suffering is this, that even through our suffering, we can find freedom. Even through our suffering, we can find freedom. Why? Because suffering actually gives us an opportunity. Suffering gives us an opportunity. When we are going through some difficult circumstance or situation or some kind of suffering, we have a choice to make. We have a choice about how we are going to suffer, right? Everyone suffers, right? You don't have a choice whether to suffer or not suffer, right? The only choice that you have is how you suffer. And I believe that Jesus knew this. If we will suffer with the right attitude, then we can actually find freedom in our life. How do we do that? I think we do that because suffering gives us the opportunity to do what? To get closer to God. That's the opportunity suffering gives us. It gives us the opportunity to get closer to God. Now, that doesn't mean that because you suffer, you automatically get closer to God, right? That's not how it works. But you do have the opportunity to get closer to God. It's a choice that we make. Are we going to suffer with the right attitude and get closer to God, or are we going to suffer with the wrong attitude and get further away from God. A good, uh, someone that had a really good attitude about suffering was a man named David. And you can read about David in the Old Testament. Uh, many of you have probably heard many stories about him and even read about him. Uh, but he had a great attitude towards suffering. He said this in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 71. He said, my suffering was good for me because it taught me to pay attention to your words. Man, that's a, that's a pretty good attitude towards suffering. He said, my suffering was actually good for me. It helped me to pay attention to your words. In other words, what he's saying is, my suffering was good for me because it caused me to get closer to God. It caused me to look to his word and what he's saying about me and, and my future and my situation. David realized that his suffering was actually an opportunity to get closer to God. Another good attitude towards suffering found in the Bible is actually in the New Testament, in the book of Romans chapter 5. It says, we can rejoice Two, when we run into problems and trials, 
For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment because we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Man, that is a good attitude about suffering. They were saying, the Christians here were saying, even in our troubles, even in our difficult situations, we can have joy. We can rejoice because we know that it's actually helping us. It's actually helping us. The difference is we have to make the choice. We have to make the right choice. How will we suffer? So we said that that suffering can actually bring us freedom. We can actually use it to gain freedom in our lives. So what can we get freedom from through our suffering? The first thing that I think we can have freedom from is sin. Freedom from sin. I wrote this down and um, it'll be on the screen and it'll be on the notes on the Bible app, but it says suffering with the wrong attitude will lead you into sin. But suffering with the right attitude will lead you out of it. You know, when you're going through a difficult situation as, as humans and as people, whenever we're faced with things that are difficult, things that cause us to suffer or just, just really hard seasons in our life, a lot of times, instead of choosing to get closer to God, we turn away and look to something else to relieve our suffering, right? Right? We look to some other means to relieve ourselves of the pain, of the difficulty that we're facing. Some people, they look to drugs and alcohol to relieve that suffering. Other people might look to an unhealthy relationship in order to relieve that suffering. But what happens as a result of that, that wrong attitude, you've been led into sin and now you're trapped in it. You're consumed in it. The Bible says that you're a slave to it. That's all that you know to do is to turn to sin. But if we will suffer with the right attitude, then we can get closer to God. The, the closer you get to God, the further away you get from sin. If you'll suffer with the right attitude and say, you know what, I might be going through a difficult time, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity to get closer to God. And as a result, you find freedom from those things that you would normally turn to, those sins that you would normally look to in order to relieve the suffering. The second thing I think that we can gain freedom from even through our suffering, is freedom from despair. Freedom from despair. In your notes, it says, suffering with the wrong attitude will leave you hopeless. But suffering with the right attitude will leave you hopeful. This is um, so true. One of the first things that happens when we're going through a difficult season um, is we begin to lose hope, right? Right? We get discouraged, we get depressed, 
especially, you know, if it's something that you've been dealing with for a long period of time, it can, it can be really discouraging if you, you're going through something and it's been years and you feel like, man, there's no hope for this situation. I'm never going to come out of this. I'm never going to get a break from this. It's easy to lose hope. But that is suffering with the wrong attitude. If we will suffer with the right attitude and say, even in the middle of this suffering, even though it's, it's been a long time, I'm going to continue to get closer to God and to put my trust in Him and believe that He is faithful and that He will come through for me. Probably the greatest example of this in my own life is my my mother. Um, I, do, I do want to talk about my mom for just a minute because it's Mother's Day, right? Um, but she really, she really is a great example of this principle. She's really good at, at suffering with the right attitude and not losing hope, especially during the years um, that I was using drugs and alcohol when I was in high school and then uh, for some time after that. It was about four or five years and I put my mom, uh, really both of my parents, but especially my mom, I really put her through a lot of hard times. I really caused her a lot of pain and suffering, and for a long period of time. Um, and I, you know, I can't imagine what that must have been like for my mom. But one thing I know is that my mom suffered through that with the right attitude, because, because I can remember... There were times, even in my darkest, lowest moments, there were times that my mom would look at me and she would say, Adam, I know you're going to come out of this. I know it's just a matter of time before you turn your life around and you really do what God's called you to do. And she believed that. She really believed it. She didn't, she believed that it was just a matter of time before I came out of this Season And she was able to believe that even through her own suffering because of the things that I was doing. So when I finally did come out of that season of my life, she told me, she said, Adam, I knew it. I never doubted for a moment. I always believed that you were going to become the person that God created you to be. Man, that's freedom. Being able to suffer for years in a situation like that, but never losing hope. Man, that is freedom. Being able to walk through our suffering with hope in our heart. Listen, everything is not going to go our way all the time. Like I said, we don't have a choice when it comes to suffering. The only choice we have is how we suffer. And my mom was really good at it. And I was thinking about her this uh, just last night, actually, when I was preparing some more for this message, and I thought about this piece of paper that I have um, that she gave me about seven years ago, and I was getting ready to leave. I was going to move uh, to another state about 12 hours away, and I was moving so that I could go to Bible college, and so before I left, she, um, she gave me this piece of paper, this little note, and she wrote all kinds of all kinds of things on it, and I'm, I'm, honestly, I can't really understand all of it because her handwriting is terrible, um, <laughs> so I can't read every bit of it, um, but I think I, I pretty much got 
most of it down. But I was looking over this last night. I pull it out every now and then when I'm thinking about her or uh, when I'm going through a difficult time. And because I was going to talk about her, I, I decided to pull this out and I was looking over it. And it was like she wanted to uh, give me some last-minute advice before I left for Bible school. Um, she kind of anticipated maybe all of the difficulties and the struggles that I would have in the future, and she just wrote down like little, uh, little pieces of advice all over this page, and then she would write scriptures out beside it. And she wrote about things like um, when you're treated unfairly and when you're going through uh, difficult times, when you're uh, disappointed or when you're being tested or going through uh, any kind of suffering. And as I was looking over it, I noticed she actually, one of the scriptures she put was 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, um, exactly what we're talking about today. And so I was just reminded even more last night that my mom knew what she was talking about. She knew how to suffer with the right attitude and not lose hope. She was able, even in those four or five years, she was able to have freedom from despair and hopelessness because her faith was in Jesus. She used it as an opportunity to get even closer to God. So I am thankful for my mom this morning. Um, the third thing that I believe we can find freedom in if we will choose to suffer with the right attitude is freedom to do God's will. Actually, that's what Peter said in, in the second verse of chapter 4. He said, as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. In other words, as a result of them thinking differently about suffering, because they think the way that Jesus thinks towards suffering, they have the same attitude towards suffering as Jesus did, they don't have to live out their lives doing everything that their flesh wants, but they can actually do what God has called them to do. One thing that often happens when we're suffering uh, with the wrong attitude is we actually get away from the path that God has chosen us to walk. I wrote this in the notes. It says, suffering with the wrong attitude will lead you away from God's path, but suffering with the right attitude will keep you on it. This is something that's, that's easy uh, to do if we're not careful. When things start to get difficult, when we begin to face situations, um, one of the things that often happens is we end up walking away from all that God's called us to do. I've seen it in the church. I've, I've experienced it myself. Um, one thing that happens is, is maybe people just stop coming to church. Things get difficult. Things don't go their way. They're going through a rough season. They get discouraged. And before you know it, you don't see them at church. You don't, you don't see them serving anymore. And they've actually walked away from the very thing that God called them to do because they weren't able to suffer with the right attitude. You know, I believe that God has a destination for every single person in this room. I believe he's got a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. But what I also know is that sometimes in order to get to that destination that God wants us to get to, sometimes we have to go through 
a season of suffering. Sometimes God uses the suffering and the difficult situations to actually mold us and shape us into the person that we need to be in order to get where we need to go. And so Jesus doesn't want us to just walk. It's not a sign that you're doing something wrong, right? Sometimes we think, oh, I'm suffering because I'm sinful or I'm doing something wrong or I'm suffering because of this or that. Oftentimes, it's, it has nothing to do with your purpose. It just has to do with the fact that uh, you're human and you live in a broken world and actually God wants to use that suffering to help you do what he's called you to do. So if we're not careful, if we, if we don't suffer with the right attitude, we could actually miss out on all of the things that God wants to do, even through our suffering. But if we suffer with the right attitude, if we, if we say, you know what, even through this suffering, I'm going to use it as an opportunity to get even closer to God. I'm going to work even harder at the things that he's called me to do, and I'm going to let this suffering Turn me into the person that he's created me to be. That is suffering with a good attitude. So this is, this is all about our thinking, right? Peter's talking about, he's talking all about how we think towards suffering, our attitude while we're suffering. And this is, this is different, right, than the rest of the world. Most of the world, they don't think of suffering as something that can help them. But he tells us this should be something that can benefit us. But he doesn't just talk about the way we think. Remember, he also talks about the way we act. Because we think differently about suffering, we act differently while we're suffering. So he starts in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, talking about this. He says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may Pray. <clears throat> Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, you might be thinking, what in the world are we talking about? Are we talking about serving people or are we talking about suffering, right? But actually, we're talking about both. I think Peter has, um, there's a lot of wisdom in these, these things that he's talking about. He tells us really to do three things in the middle of our suffering, three things. The first thing he says is that we need to pray. Now, this one's pretty obvious, right? If we're suffering, we need to pray. But how many of you know sometimes when you're suffering, praying is the last thing you do, right? First we worry, then we worry some more, and then we think about all the outcomes, all the bad things that could happen, and we keep worrying, you know? We try to fix it ourselves, we try to make it work, um, and then if we get around to it, we get just desperate enough, we might pray, right? But, but Peter says this is, the, this is really, I think, the first thing that we should do. And the, the thing that we should keep doing on a regular basis is praying. Why? Why should we pray? Well, the first reason I think we should pray is so that we can do what? Get closer to God. That's the opportunity we have. 
That's the opportunity that suffering gives us to get closer to God. So in order to do that, you should pray. Oftentimes, I don't, not only do I not feel like praying, I don't even know what to pray, right? Especially, I've noticed this, especially if, if I've been going through a specific thing for a long period of time and I have prayed about it, sometimes I just get tired of praying because I don't even know what to pray for anymore, right? I don't know what I should pray about. And I think that that's important. And, and when I think about that, I have to remind myself because, you know, sometimes I don't even know the, what, the, what the right answer is. So I don't even know how to pray. I don't know what I need or don't need. I only know what I want. And usually that is just for the suffering to go away, right? Usually if I pray about my suffering, it's just that it'll end. I'll get out of that season or out of that situation, but sometimes what we want isn't exactly what we need, right? So I've found that in those difficult situations, sometimes it's better for me to pray, God, give me what I need, not necessarily what I want. Because while you might want to relieve the suffering, God might know, hey, you actually need to stay in that season a little longer because maybe God's not done working out those things in your heart. Maybe he's doing something around you through all of those situations to better you in your future. You just can't see it right now, right? There's no way for us to know that. There's no way for us to know what God is, is doing. And most of the time, we have no ability to end our suffering Ourself. So sometimes I think it's better to pray, God, give me what I need, not necessarily what I want. The second thing Peter talks to us about doing is love, loving one another. I love that he included this in, in, his, in his encouragement to people who are suffering. He tells them, listen, you guys need to love one another. Why? Because I think, I believe that one of the best places to deal with our suffering and to deal with our difficult circumstances is in community. It's one of the best places to do that, and specifically a church community, a group of people who believe the way that you believe, who will encourage you, who will strengthen you. We've got to have community Often that's the last thing we want, right? Oftentimes when we're going through a difficult situation and we're down and we're discouraged, we don't want to see people. We just want to be alone and, and pout about it. But actually, oftentimes what we really need is just to get with our community. Honestly, even in the last several weeks, um, there's been weeks where I've just, I've just, it's just not been a good week for me. Maybe I was um, discouraged or I was busy, so I was exhausted, whatever the case may be. Um, but what I, what I look forward to the most those weeks is the day that I get to come to church and be with my community. To me, that is something to look forward to, especially when I'm having one of those weeks, um, just one of those difficult weeks. And the same is true even on a, on a greater scale, even when you're really suffering, uh, those are the times that we need each other the most, right? So love one another. 
The third thing he tells us to do that I think is really interesting is he tells us to serve, serve one another. He even talks about using our gifts and our abilities and our talents to serve one another. Honestly, when I'm going through a difficult situation, the last thing I'm thinking about is helping other people, right? What I'm thinking about is who's going to help me, you know? Who's going to help me out of this situation? Who's going to help me relieve this suffering? Who's going to help me get over this difficult time? But, but Peter says that we should do the opposite. We should think, how can I help someone else? And I think that that's so important because this is the truth. Often what happens when we begin to use our gifts and our abilities and our talents, even when we're going through a difficult situation, to serve one another, we actually get a lot of joy and a lot of life from that. It actually makes a big difference in our own heart. (coughs) But another thing it does is it actually helps us to put into perspective how small our problems actually are. Honestly, one one of my Uh, weaknesses is I end up making my problems a lot bigger than they actually are, right? If I'm going through a difficult situation or a circumstance, I like to just sit at home, complain to myself about it, feel bad for myself about it. And the more I do that, the more discouraged I get, the more hopeless I get, the bigger my problem gets, right? But if I will instead have the right attitude Get out there, stop thinking about myself and begin thinking about others and and the things that they're going through and the difficult situations that my friends are facing, then my problems start to get a lot smaller, right? I start to realize, you know what? It's not quite as big of a deal as I made it out to be. There really is hope for me. So actually, serving can make a big difference even in the midst of your own suffering. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but all three of these things that Peter tells us to do, these are all things that we naturally don't want to do when we're suffering. These are the first things that we stop doing when we're suffering. But these are the very things that he knows will help us. And why is he doing this? Because he wants us to be different He wants us to think differently towards suffering, have a good attitude about it, but he also wants us to act differently than the rest of the world acts. Why? Because we really do have hope. We really do have hope, even in the middle of our suffering. I'm going to ask someone from the band to go ahead and come forward, and I want to close the message today um, actually with the very last verse of this chapter. I think Peter... Uh, He could not have ended this chapter any better than he did, and I think it's um, an even better way to end the message today, but he says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, he says, so, after, after he tells us all of this about suffering and our attitude and how we should act, he says, so, if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, Or if you're suffering with the right attitude, 
If you're suffering the way that Jesus intends for you to suffer, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. I love that he ends this chapter by encouraging us and and giving us hope even in the middle of our difficult circumstances. He says, listen, if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're suffering with a good attitude, if you're suffering the way that, that God has called you to suffer, then keep on doing what's right. Don't let the suffering derail you and take you away from all that God wants to do in your life. But keep doing what's right and trust the one who created you. I really believe this. The God who created you is a God who can sustain you. He can sustain you. He can get you through that season of your life. He can help you. He can relieve your suffering, but he can also make you into a better person through your suffering. 